0: Welcome to Punch Boy Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 62, the Punch talk about some recent plays. We reach into Richie's mailbag for a question and then review Marco Polo 2. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. No, I'm Richie. So, no Big Ten football. Oh, Whoa. we're just going to start, start off with start a bummer. right we're in. We're take it right down. <laughs> For all of those of you who do not care about football or sports right now. This is um, your year. Hey, Nebraska might go undefeated. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only way. <laughs> oh, shut up. Whatever. Uh, national titles. Do we, do we need to talk here, Chad? Okay, we can go yeah. back. Uh, I know you're a fan of history, so how far back does that go? What? Okay, five national championships. How many does Ohio State have? Seven. Seven. And how many does Iowa have? One. Ooh, let's see. Numbers. A long, 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 long time. <laughs> no, they uh, don't even have one, really. On another note, I think we took a little bit of heat for our, our draft topic last uh, last episode where some people kind of disagreed with some of our picks. Well, I don't think it was heat.
1: I think everybody had a different, it was open to interpretation and everybody had a right. different interpretation,
2: yeah. which is great. That's kind of what we wanted, I think. Yeah, it it garnered a lot of good discussion. Yeah. As far as what that, you know, the low rules, high strategy. Because honestly, I mean, Chad's picks were a little crazy, but. A little crazy. (laughs) But like Castles of Burgundy, when you said that, my initial reaction was that you, I mean, you're wrong. But I have taught, as far as a two player game goes, I have taught it and played it in under an hour. So it kind of fits so I mean it really definitely depends on your group and your you know what you're used to and
0: right and and for us I suppose you know because we do play more heavier type of games you know for us yes, a game like Castles of Burgundy or even a game like Stevenson's rocket okay maybe not like a game like Stevenson's rocket but <laughs> other games you know they seem low rules overhead to us just high strategy um, as opposed to somebody who maybe, doesn't play those heavy of games, you know. That's still a lot of rules for them, you know, before they can actually understand the game.
1: I mean, Kenizia really doesn't do that many rules to his rule sets. He is not known as a as a complicated heavy game designer.
2: No, but definitely, especially since he doesn't play anyone else's games, they can be his his rule sets can definitely be unique where they don't have that same kind of familiarity that you get from other games.
1: And that was my point with that one. I, I mean, especially because you know you have a shared language for a lot of these games where worker placement that sort of a thing and you know when we think of pickup and delivery or track track laying or route building we kind of think of it as a different as a different animal generally than the rule set that he does implement in stevenson's rocket and that was true so it it might feel a little bit foreign if you've played a lot of games but if you hadn't played that many games it's not that much to digest honestly but i digress we will talk about the draft later I'm sure. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to talk about it later.
0: Oh, yeah. All right. Richie, well, Richie, you got something good? I got There's it. Well, you got something good I for got. Him. I got punishment. Right. Well, right, moving on. <laughs> it's coming.
1: <laughs> Richie, I just want you to know you haven't gotten your ice cream
2: bars for me yet, so. <laughs> oh, that's true. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you bring them over here, I, I probably won't get to them.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, hey, well, if you would just listen to me and keep them in your eyes. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, hey.
0: I'm on, uh, I'm going like day nine here. No, I'm doing no sweets, no desserts, no you anything. Know, you know I was here um, two days ago. I Well, okay, that was my dinner.
2: And I saw I had two a boxes of donuts.
0: That wasn't mine. That was Brent. He just said but he you, had a you donut. He had a though. donut. Okay. I think okay. you
2: might have had two. Uh
0: That was the only thing I have eaten of sweets in like the past like eight or nine days. Okay, well. So I'm trying to be much better. Okay. Okay, That's good. good. I will
1: applaud your your attempting to be Uh, better.
0: Yeah. I've lost
1: like five pounds. Okay. Good job. There you go. There you go. All Um, right. Good job. All right. But what have you been playing? Because I don't I don't care as much about that part.
0: Well, I tell you the, the, the only thing that I literally have played here recently is more coin games. And that's just because that is what is so hot right now with my playgroup. And so, uh, obviously, last time I talked a little bit about Gandhi, and now I've gotten in uh, a few plays of Liberty or Death. It uh, has a subtitle of uh, The American Insurrection, um, so it's all about the you know American Revolution. And wow, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely talk about that. But then also I've gotten in, oh, about uh, half a game of Pendragon, which... Whew, I tell you, talk about trying to figure out the battle system and that thing is is tough. I will tell you that. But anyways, we'll talk about that on a future podcast. I'll talk a little bit about Liberty or Death. It's coin game, same type of, you know, mechanism where, you know, you got a deck of cards and there's four different factions. Everybody plays, everybody plays a different faction. And But the really different thing about Liberty or Death is it is a much more of a team Game. Uh, You have four factions. Which one is the British? One are the as they put it in the in the game as the Indians. Um, Then they have the French, and then you have the Patriots and the British and the Indians are basically considered allies, like in battle. And then the French and uh, Patriots are allies. And honestly, I mean, a lot of the French, uh, especially before there's a certain way that the French can enter the war, they don't actually start in the war. To start with, all they're really doing is helping the patriots, like they're giving them things to help them get going before they even enter the war. So it's a much more kind of a, a team type of game. Um, and, you know, uh, the other day when we played one of the games, Richie and I uh, were on the team. I was a Patriots and he was the uh, French and we just steamrolled them. Uh, we were too good of a team. Too good of yeah, a team. Nice. <laughs> too good of a team. <laughs> Who was the French, did you say? Uh, I Richie was the French, was French yeah. French,
2: yeah. 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 yeah Lafayette right mm-hmm. there. Huh? Yeah. And right. I mean, it's. I, I liked that, the fact that they did not even start on the, the board. Mm-hmm. And I had essentially three actions to choose from. On my turn and you're just basically preparing for war and then once your casualties or once the uh, british casualties get to a certain point i can come in and that's what i'm kind of concerned about is Getting the British, British casualties up to to hit my win condition, essentially.
1: Well, I'll be interested. We'll have to do like a like a one week thing because my my game of Imperial Struggle is hopefully going to be going to ship soon, and we'll have to play Imperial Struggle and then play the American Revolution because you know there's a whole side thing about the French helping you know just to just to be a thorn in the British side uh-huh. you know uh, in that game. So there there's probably some nice carryover. But
0: sounds good to me. I yeah. Mean, this no.
1: This The way you talk about it, though, it sounds like it would play pretty well at two-player as opposed to some of the other coin games.
0: Uh, absolutely. In fact, I mean, uh, w- one of our uh, people in our play group, Brent, he absolutely just says it's a two-player game. And I can't necessarily disagree with him because you really can play it as a two-player game much easier than, say, some of the other coin games because in some of those, maybe your factions are not exactly perfectly in line and you might have to be doing a little bit of different things to try to you know try to help both of them out but in this one it's really the same like the French and the Patriots objective is just to have more support uh by I think it's by like 10 or something over right. the British and then they have a couple of little sub goals or whatever that they have that are a little bit different uh than than that, but really the main goal is just to get that support. And then the British the same way. The British and the Indians are both looking to have more of the British control and then have a couple of different things. So it's it's much more of a just a, a team give and take.
1: Now Richie, was this your first full play of a coin game?
2: Uh no, my second, because I got to play Gandhi oh. all the way through. So uh yeah, def- definitely my second and I I liked it both. I'm I'm full in on the coin system. I, I now own four Games. <laughs> and, okay. and, and I'm about to P500 the third edition of Liberty or Death
1: this yeah. does not surprise me uh, nearly as much <laughs> as clef's declaration for this. but yes okay I understand this now how I, I would be interested to hear from both of you how you would characterize other than the kind of the team aspect that you talked about, how you'd characterize the differences between this one and the other ones you've played, Richie for you, I know that's just Gandhi, but you know, what are a few of the high level differences that that you could talk about maybe easily?
2: I mean, with Gandhi, it was definitely that there, I mean, there was two factions that were nonviolent. Uh, with this one, obviously, the like clef was saying that there is definitely more of a team aspect. whereas in Gandhi, even though, I mean, it's kind of the same. There's two factions that they kind of need each other to kind of get things rolling. But I mean, I was directly supporting Clef like he got his resources taken away early on. And one of my actions is I can spend my resources to give to him. So I mean you are just directly helping them, whereas in Gandhi it's you know, you're indirectly kind of getting each other where you need to be.
0: Yeah, definitely the biggest high level distance difference, which I've already talked about, is the fact that it's much more of a of a team game. Now, it also one of the biggest where in Gandhi battles were pretty there were like there wasn't like any battle sheet or whatever. You just No, very went in and, easy. Yeah, just you know, did whatever one to one, whatever the case was, where in Liberty or Death There's a battle sheet, and so when you go in to do a battle, first of all, you go through all these checkpoints of okay, you know what is your you know your total strength, how many pieces do you have? Then you do have a little bit of randomness in the fact that you do have a die roll, and for every three pieces that basically you bring into the battle, you get to roll a die that's a uh, it's a six sided die, but it only has one through three on it. So I mean, you know, three being the best that you can get, but you continue on, and once you then get to the actual battle after you roll these dice, then you go through like a series of each one of these questions like, Okay, was there a fort involved? Was there a leader involved? Oh, that's another thing is there's everybody has leader cards mm. or leaders, not card, but you know, leaders that you have, and those can make things really powerful. And in fact, one of the reasons why I won so quickly is I had a very early battle where I had my leader, George Washington, you know, obviously good old GW, you know, ready to, you know, come in and kick some butt. And we we won the battle and I won it really decisively. So then after you get through all these different Uh, points then it goes down to win the day and if you win the day by having more of your you know more pieces of the opponent lost than yours then you get to go through and say okay well you get to change the opposition by so much and then you get to do this and you get to do that and then after all that it says oh and by the way if you had george washington as your leader in this battle do it all again Oh, I mean cuz wow. he's that powerful. I mean the Patriots are I mean they by far I think are the most powerful the force uh, in the game. I mean at least. I mean I don't know. It was it was May it's I, tough to say after yeah, one. Yeah, it's, it's tough after well, that I mean, game that's my third since. Yeah.
2: It went so quickly. Um, I mean, the British can. I mean, they can get their forces ramped up. Yeah, extremely
1: yeah. fast. I would think they have
2: a they resource. You know, a strength. They
1: the British did. Does. You know,
0: and, I, and the person playing the British. Uh, you know, first time playing the British, so you know, right. what I mean, he was still trying to yeah. learn too. And I just I had, I'd played it a couple of times, and I so I kind of got lucky a little bit in that fact because really, then we kept playing after that just because we wanted to get a little more mm-hmm. experience. Um, and then, boy, all of a sudden, the British just were all over the place. And then I went and did a really stupid battle with Washington and <laughs> yeah, lost. But, and I was in trouble. I mean, like, I didn't have anything right. on the board at all after that. So. But you
2: still pulled it out. And, yeah, I mean, and once again, as far as that team aspect, once the French entered uh, the war, I can control his units. Like, I can attack with the Patriots units. And also, if I'm in the same area when Clef goes to attack, he can count my units as far as that battle sheet goes. So, yeah, it, I mean, it is very much a a team game it kind of seems like until it's not.
1: Well, that that's interesting. So, Richie, did you did you win since you helped him or did he win on his own or how did that no, work? No,
2: he won on his own. Basically, when it came down to it, he had 7 points, I had 3 because ah. mine like I said, my 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 main win condition would have been the casualties. So okay. I needed more casualties to to come with the outright win.
0: And I had forts or something more. Yeah, than, yours were Indian forts, Indian and
2: I, forts, yeah. I put out all your forts. And you did, yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, that was uh, nice but I, of I you. mean, I
0: think if if we really said, I mean, we felt like it was kind of a, a co victory, really. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, I felt good because felt we good started,
0: well, we both. I mean, we both had the winning condition when yeah. it came to it. Right. And then you just go down to points or whatever. Exactly. But I mean, I I don't. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where we definitely worked together to do.
2: yeah I mean with all these coin games it's one where like I want to play the same one a few times in a row sure just to kind of get down the strategy then you we wouldn't have that fast end game yeah. where one you know faction is getting out out yeah. of control just because everyone
0: knows what's kind of going on
1: yeah it's kind of like to be much simpler it's kind of like rooting that way once yeah. you know what all the factions are going for you know how to kind of combat that a little bit more. right
0: yeah and I mean and I, I tell you as you when you play uh, the same coin game, you know, a few times, it obviously then gets easier because, especially mm. if you play the same faction, then you really can start to know what your power, you know, your your abilities are and what your commands are and your feats are and different things like that. So it does make it a little bit easier. Because, because I'll tell you guys, you know, I thought Liberty or Death was kind of a lot when I first learned it. Well, I, you know, when I first learned Cuba Libre, I mean, my eyes were like whoa, and then obviously Gandhi was like whoa, and then Liberty or Death a little bit more. Oh, just wait till you get to Pendragon. Oh boy, talk about a battle sheet. Uh, I'm, I, I, th- I need like like one of these like uh, I don't know sixteen by twenty battle sheets with every point on it just to oh it's yeah. But that's another day. I'll talk about Pendragon. <laughs> I've heard people
1: talk about playing that solo. I cannot imagine playing that one oh, solo. my
0: Just goodness. from what
2: I know of it. But Richie, tell us what you have been playing besides Liberty or Death. Knox is in he's in on board games now i taught him Ooh-ee. like there's just as well i'm on sabbatical now I don't, i'm day four i think i'm day four all right the time this comes out double that um, but tell,
0: tell everybody what a sabbatical is for us who would never ever, <laughs> ever get ever. a sabbatical <laughs> what exactly is that
2: uh so at my job every five years you get uh, a month off and i and i had planned this a while ago i was gonna go to gen Con, this year, and then I was going to go yeah. but, take the kids to uh, Ohio to visit uh, my folks. So, you know, that's all out the window. So now <laughs> I have a, a gigantic to-do list from Jessica daily, and I play board games. <laughs> so that's that's all I've been doing. But Knox was. Uh, he, he asked to play a game because he was in between school and summer camp. He was home for a week. So it was just me and him at home for a week. And he was asking about uh, some of the games that I had bought, like right when he was born and put up. Outfox, it has been his favorite so far, which is like a little deduction game. So I've been playing, I think I, we played it three times in one day. And he basically asked every day to play it. But we played Outfox, the Robot Turtles, and uh, Ticket to Ride, the uh, First Journey. Oh, okay. So he's in. I All think right. he's in. Good going, good. man. Get going. Uh, But as far as adult games go, I got in a play. I finally got my Clockwork expansion for Root in, and and got in a two player game with one of the bots with Jessica. So with and if you ever played the original solo game for root it wasn't it was not that good one it was complicated the bot had a hand of cards essentially that were faced away and you'd flip things over and based on that you would do certain things they've gotten rid of that and this was all essentially from the better bot program which was just a fan made expansion. There's just to try to improve the bots and bring in the other factions as well. And I mean, they did a fantastic job and you can go on BGG into the forums. You can kind of see the whole process in there. Uh, But with this, if you like two player route is terrible. I think I've played two player route with Chad yeah I played it with you I mean it's just not good it, one you can you can't really use any other factions except for the the cats and the birds and then you have to switch and then you have to switch and then you whatever your cumulative score is is your your score but it, it's not good uh, with this though I mean obviously it, it just turns into a three-player game which I would say my favorite player count for root is four but I'll also play three as well three or four is kind of the sweet spot because you go around the table quickly and you can you can play with a lot more factions That makes sense. It's not chaotic. It doesn't go on too long. But with this, it made that two player game now viable. It made it to where it it basically feels like a three-player game where you have the, we played with the cats and the automated alliance, or yeah, the automated alliance, which is the woodland alliance from the original game. And it has a cheat. Someone's going to run the sheet. And technically you could play with more bots. So if you wanted to, you could make it, you can add as many bots as you want. So you could play a solo game and have three bots. I don't know if I would do that, but with the two-player game, you could run two bots and have each person run a bot, and it wouldn't be that hard. Uh, You flip over a card, and depending on the suit, it will tell you what to do on the sheet, but it it runs really smooth. They did a fantastic job with it. I would highly recommend it if you are looking to improve like the two player game or if you get together a lot at three players, if you constantly want to have that four player, this is, it's a home run. As far as just the solo, I, I did run a game where I had two bots and myself and it was good. It was still good. It was way better than the original uh, solo play, but still with root, I, I want other people at the table, but uh, it now we can play root two player and, and it is enjoyable.
0: Ooh. I'm going to have to get this for sure. So I can play me some root solo here.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, we can cut that part out. But if, if you,
0: so I, my
1: other question to you then is if you haven't played root that many times, is it still pretty easy to implement the bot, the clockwork thing?
2: Uh, yeah, I would say if you, even if you haven't played root that many times, if you understand root and for the most part, not much changes as far as like with the cats, they're pretty much like their sheet is just like the original sheet. Like if you were playing as a human. Uh, it's just it just has some automated things in there that are gonna happen and you just put them out and you also have uh, difficulty levels and traits that you can add on to each faction as well and they go like easy uh, medium hard in the nightmare um, the nightmares I've read those cards and I, I have no clue how you would even come close to winning but I'll, I'll have to give that a try one of these times but yeah I would say even if you've only played a couple of times as long as you understand root then you could run this pretty easily cool so what have you been playing Chad
1: well I, like you, have gotten to game with my people, mostly, when I'm not gaming with you guys, so not a lot new, unfortunately. Uh, Clef just needs to close his ears for a minute, and I will tell you <laughs> about what I played uh, with my son, because my son no. asked...
2: <laughs> I, Does it start with an M? And,
1: no, it's no, not okay. much game. I mean, I have played that, but that's not what I'm going to no, talk about. I was going about. for Marvel. I was Jenkins. thinking about Marvel as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could I could talk about that, but I won't, because <laughs> Clef... Now, I, did, I actually got some... Some text and some talk on the Slack about how they, they enjoy me talking about champions, but I, I won't go there. Yeah,
0: sure. Talk away. I could use a little nap real quick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, first, I'll talk about something that Clef would like even less. And uh, Finn had been talking to me about the fact that he just wants more story in games, but the, you have to be real careful with him because he doesn't like to sit still for that long. So a 60 minutes is like tops for him. I got the second edition of Pathfinder, the adventure card game. And oh, so, nice. Yeah, we played the uh, intro scenario. The three of us, um, Stephanie, he, and, and myself, and we played that. And you know, it's fine as far as the mechanisms. What you're doing is you have your own deck, and you're you're picking out your deck, and you your cards are your life as well. So once you you finish your deck of your adventurer. Um, you're dead if you if you can't draw any more cards. And what you're doing is you're kind of going to these different locations and trying to turn over cards from those locations to beat uh, villains and henchmen and close down those locations. Because if you defeat a villain, he will run to another location. And so you're trying to either guard it or lock it down. And then when you complete that adventure, you will level up your your deck basically you'll get add-ons to your deck and so that's honestly the most interesting part is it's kind of like a campaign it's like made to be D D with cards so your adventurer will get to new things and the story is not even really that strong but finn is excited about like using this character next time and getting this card that they'll upgrade to their deck and and that sort of stuff and they're a lot of different characters some of them have you know little animals as allies and things of that sort you're doing little mechanisms where you're deciding to spend cards to increase your die rolls because that's another thing it's it's die rolls and you can really get shafted on the die rolls you can you can mitigate it some by these blessing cards but you can do that as well and then you can also you can also give people other cards that might help them with their checks to to do stuff at different locations so that's 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 one of the things i've been playing and then the other thing that finn really wanted to play is we did get the uh, the hulk expansion and the black widow expansion for marvel uh, champion and Hulk is a fun character because he just does tons of damage and can't hold cards, you know. So you have to use all your cards every turn when you're Hulk. And Black Widow is fun because she just basically has these chaining combos that she's uh, figuring out how to how to do back and forth, and you're drawing cards back up out of your discard and just fun stuff like that. Both uh, really good uh, expansions if you're if you're into the game.
0: Cool. Well, you know what we haven't had for a while. What's that? A little Richie mailbag. All right.
1: Well let's let's uh find one of those. Richie, you got anything in that mailbag? Yeah, I think I got something in there.
2: got an email from uh, one of our patrons, uh, Corey Acklin, and the question is, after playing games many times and discovering a strategy for victory, do you continue to play that strategy every time, or do you explore alternate strategies? Uh, And then he just kind of continued here, I figured playing alternate strategies won't necessarily produce victory, so is it worth it to you? How much of playing games is about winning, and how much is about exploring what the game has to offer? So Clef, when you kind of find a strategy, is it hard to get away from it, if it always works?
0: I guess, I mean, it, it depends on the situation, I guess, and depends on like if I'm teaching, you know, new players or whatever. That's, that's one of my times where I like to try to do different things because obviously I'm not just trying to just win the game if I'm trying to teach new players. Um, but I mean, if I'm playing a competitive game, I mean, like if me and you are playing you know Santa Maria, Santa Maria or something. That's what I was thinking. I'm not going to try yeah, something we don't, new. we don't
2: pull punches in Santa Maria and we, we no. go for the jugular.
0: Yeah, we're we're out to win. I mean like I said, I I think it depends. I love that you guys instantly <laughs> thought of the exact same thing. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that's, we we go at it with we, Santa Maria. We go at it. We yeah, which we got to get back to it cuz yeah. Richie's beat me the last couple of times and I'm I'm <laughs> for a victory here. Um but uh you know, I mean, overall, you know, I don't and winning is not the end all of me playing board games. It is, I mean, I try to win most times, but I don't, if I have a good game where I might lose by a couple of points or something, I'm much happier than that as opposed to just throttling my opponents and, and crushing them. That's It's not very fun in the long run. So yeah, yeah, I, I would like to try different things. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Chad, what's your thoughts on it? Well,
1: just by virtue of the kind of game player that I am, I don't get to play games a lot. I, I play often, probably more than most, I guess. But in in our group, I, I probably get the least amount of plays. I would just say though that by virtue of having a board game podcast and us liking to play new things, I'm always a, up for exploration. That's the kind of gamer I am. I, I I would love to play for mastery, but it also doesn't necessarily fit my personality. So that being said when I play a game, I want to explore all of it. And if there is a strategy that I feel like is stronger than any other, I'm probably not going to like that game as much. I like games that I feel like there are at least a couple of strategies that feel viable anyway. And if I've won with one, then I probably want to try a different one, for example. But again, that's about the exploration of it. You know, that's one of the reasons I love Gaia Project so much. If I've won with one faction pretty handily, then I definitely want to try another one that I don't I don't really know how to play as much. Uh, that means all of them right now. I know the Clef is getting ready to, to say something. <laughs> but keep my mouth closed. That being said,
2: Richie, how do you feel about it? I mean, I kind of feel the same way as if the game has a particular strategy that always wins. I, I probably just don't want to play that game all that often. I, I'll probably stay away from it I usually whenever clef says you know this is not a good way to win then I try to win that way I, yeah. I either want to try yeah. to take the the hard way to a win or I'll just pull levers I I mean I personally don't care about winning like if I'm sitting at the table I really don't care about winning all that often uh, Santa Maria is one <laughs> exception and if I'm online Nippon uh, just because board game arena ranks you and I'm I'm trying to get higher on that. I think I'm like ranked in the 40s or 30s. And for Palaces of Carrara, same thing. On board game arena, I think I'm ranked like 14th because no one plays that game. So, <laughs> so those are the only times that I will care about winning, and I will, I will just, I will do whatever I have to do to win in in those two games online.
0: Because I say the you. You obviously have a strategy that you know how to. Yeah, yeah, with. yeah.
2: And online, yeah, there's, I don't, I don't pull any punches online because I'm, I'm, I i can not lose to Clef online I, with that. I can I lose to him in real life, but I can't lose to you online in that.
0: Right, well, I don't think you play any pull any punches during the live games either because I can't remember the last time I won. <laughs> well, I, I, I with play with like
2: uh, now that it has like new factories for, through that expansion. Like I'll just mess around with those factories. You know, I, I have no problem doing that on there, but those aren't online, so
0: sure,
1: sure. The, the only person that Richie is uh, behind in Palaces of Carrara is uh, somebody named the real Wolfgang Kramer, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's pretty
0: uh, good. No, and I, Richie, I, I, that's one thing I love about playing uh, games with you is it's always fun for me to go like, well nobody's done this. And then Richie is going to do it whether it's good or not. I remember yeah, Usually it's not yeah, good. Yeah. I remember Cooper Island, me saying, yeah, oh, no yeah. one's built the, the, the stronghold, stronghold or yeah. whatever. So that's all Richie focused on doing. It didn't matter who's going to get crushed. He's like, yep. I'm building that stronghold. So, we've
1: yeah. we've <laughs> kind of, I mean, I've kind of learned since then though, so that the smart thing is basically to say, nobody's ever taken 10 loans in this game. <laughs> so, it's too yeah, hard. When it comes to loans, I use it. I'll, I'll, I'll take the loan. It's kind of of like in back to the future where they call Marty McFly chicken, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Uh, All right. That's a good mailbag question.
2: Yeah. Thanks Corey for that question. And if anyone else has any other questions, you can send those to punchboardparadise at gmail.com or you can throw them into our Slack or even throw them into our, our forum on BGG guild three, two, two, seven.
1: Well, before we go on to our next segment, really quick, uh, I just wanted to follow up on our discussion from last podcast. And, uh, we posted on some of our social media, but if you don't follow the guild or if you don't follow our social media, uh, I just wanted to kind of add on one of... Since we had our discussion on racism at the board gaming table, a good friend of mine reached out to me and suggested a book called So You Want to Talk About Racism by Ijioma Aluo. And uh, so I've since read it since then, and it's, it's honestly exactly what we were talking about. And so if you... Because we kind of fumbled around with the topic and tried to suggest some stuff. But if you want to hear a little bit more about it or you want to read further about it, she addresses a lot of the things we talked about in the last podcast with uh, great detail and spot on, better than I could ever talk about. So I'd like to encourage you to look at that if that's something you wanted to talk about. There's a chapter in there called What If I Talk About Race Wrong, which is exactly Uh, exactly what we were thinking about. There's also one called uh, What If I Hate Al Sharpton, too, but (laughs) that's that's, uh, actually really, really great. And um, so I just wanted to uh, encourage you to take a look at that.
0: Okay, well, we got some new patrons. Yes, sir. All right. And... uh... Well, as the patron page says, Chad, Chad, you get to read them. Well, our three new patrons
1: are Joe Farrell, Mark Hain, and Jeff Foreman. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, being new contributing members of the Punch Bunch. We really appreciate you, and we're getting that much closer to the recording equipment that'll allow us some flexibility, yes. so yeah. we really appreciate that, guys.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: and as always, if you cannot support us monetarily in these times, we completely understand. We appreciate your your likes, your listens, your... Sharing uh, us on social media and uh, all of those kinds of things. Uh, reviews are great too, so thank you so much, Punch Bunch.
0: All right, I think it's now time for our feature review of Marco Polo 2. How many times have you spent more time getting your board game set up than playing it? Well, if you have, then you need an insert from 3D Bitspace. They make great ones from Marco Polo to Grand Austria Hotel. You can even contact the owner, Ryan, about a custom insert. So head on over to Etsy.com and search 3D Bitspace. And when you order, also send Ryan an email and mention Punchboard Paradise and receive a free hex tray. Get to playing games and not setting them up. All right. Marco Polo 2 is a two to four player game. It is approximately around 60 to 90 minutes and it has five rounds in it. The game is a kind of a sequel to the original game, Voyages of Marco Polo, which is obviously why it's called Marco Polo 2. And it's basically s- same type of mechanics where it is a dice rolling worker placement game with your dice. Uh, so it has a large map with some different action spaces and and it has some travel area and basically you're rolling your dice and when you go to place your dice out into certain areas then you will be doing certain actions like I said like uh, traveling in Asia to get special different other powers and also unlock other places that you can place your dice uh, for actions Um, then it's got a place where you can go and get different resources it's got a place you can go to get money uh, camels which help you travel and pretty much your and then contracts that you get to do that will score you points and also so get you different benefits. Uh, you play, like I said, over five rounds. At the end of the five rounds, whoever has the most victory points is the winner. This review, obviously, is a lot of this. Is we are going to be, which we're going to talk about Marco Polo too, don't get me wrong. But this is going to be a lot of you know, what is it comparisons to you know, one of uh, one of all of our favorite games in the voyages of Marco Polo. And you know, uh, so but we're going to start off with how we always do, and so we're going to talk about just this game to start with. And that's the art and components. So, Richie, what was your feelings on the art and components in the game? Uh,
2: I mean, as far as art goes, I mean, it is the exact same art as the the original game, uh, Borges of Marco Polo. And it's fine. I'm, I, I was never wowed by the art of that game. But the best thing in this game, oh. and I would say yep. honestly, I would buy it just off of this alone, is that uh, the Italians, they typically use when they, with resources, they'll have a smaller one and then one that's like slightly bigger that you, but you really can't tell that it's slightly bigger. And right, right. this time they got the proportions right. And the, the, the one that's worth three resources is gigantic. And then the, the normal resources yeah. much smaller. So, I mean, that alone I'm in,
0: I, I'm kind of hoping that they make a uh, Lorenzo part two so that they can yeah, make that'd the be pieces great. right with exactly. that, too. Yeah, that Exactly. Yeah.
2: And I would spend, I mean, whatever you want me to spend, I'll spend for those pieces <laughs> yeah. by themselves.
0: Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, Chad, what was your thoughts on it?
1: It's uh, typical of a Z-Man game in the fact that I think it's laid out pretty well. The instruction booklet, the manual is is fairly easy. I believe it seems like it's language independent, right? There's no text that I can think of. Yeah. Yep. so yeah. uh it, and it does a pretty good job with that the iconography is fairly clear once you understand it especially if you're very familiar with voyages of Marco Polo in general anyway i would say there's nothing detrimental in this in this production i i, I think it's pretty pretty good and i'll i'll just echo that yeah the resources are much better and i appreciate that
0: yeah yeah and i'm gonna unfortunately say exactly what you guys are saying the art is it's there it's in the iconography i think they did a fine job with but absolutely those pieces I mean, I'm honestly just thinking about buying another copy of it just so I can replace the pieces in the original <laughs> one because uh, it is so annoying for those ones that are just barely. I mean, they did great. I mean, it is so easy to tell the difference. So kudos there. Keep doing that. Any other productions that you guys make. So absolutely great. Uh, so let's let's just head straight into gameplay. And, you know, we'll, like I said, we'll try to make sure we're talking about Marco Polo, too. But obviously, we're going to have some comparisons to the original game, too. So, Chad, what in your thoughts, gameplay.
1: Well, one of the things that Marco Polo 2 adds is Jade. So you have that Jade as an added resource, and it is used for a lot of things. But one of the things that it is used often for is a resource to help you travel. One of the things that it seems like Marco Polo 2 was put out for was in order to make travel a little bit easier to do. One of the criticisms for a lot of people, not anybody at this table, I don't think, but one of the criticisms for a lot of people was, it is too hard to travel, contracts wins most of the time. I don't necessarily feel that with Voyages of Marco Polo, although the board setup did encourage you to kind of look at what you were going to do. And I think that's actually, as a side tangent, that's actually typical of the Italians. They give you a board setup that you really have to look over at first, whether that's the card layout of, of Lorenzo or even Council of Four, where you really had to look at how you were going to build up your routes. You know, They always like to have a variable board setup that you have to study before you start the game. Regardless, I think this game is easier to do both travel and contracts it just doesn't feel as hampered or as tight maybe and that's not necessarily a knock on the game it just is a different a different way to play the game i'll say richie what did you what were your overall thoughts on
2: gameplay i mean i enjoyed the game and you still definitely have to look at the map before you really start taking your turn to start moving towards things but I like the the different action spaces that they put on there that aren't necessarily in voyages as far as the one the guild seals I do like that idea of uh, and this is part of that be, being able to travel easier I do like that that idea where you can get that seal uh, which now grants you access to certain routes on the board that would not be available to you otherwise uh, you still have to pay it's usually money that you have to pay to, to use those but it does make travel a little bit easier and then outside of that it didn't like nothing really changed for me as far as like the gameplay if if i sat down and you said this is a new variant like a new board just like with concordia how they sell new boards and there's a couple of rules changes and this is an expansion for voyages of marco polo i would i would not know the difference for me so as far i, I, I still love the gameplay there are some different action spaces out there that are interesting uh the only thing that really and i would be curious for, if this ever changed for you guys is that start player is now where it used to be. Um, if you were the last one to travel, you became the new start player. And this, you have to use the very top travel space, which requires three dice. And in uh, my games that I, I played for this for the review, start player never changed. So I don't know if that ever changed for you guys. Even like I just played last night at a two player game with Jessica, and she was the start player for the entire game just because it, it didn't make any sense for me to waste three dice to take that away from her.
1: It is a very expensive action to take, and it hampers you drastically to take two of your other possible actions away just to get start player, yeah. especially in a two-player game where you don't have right. a whole bunch of people going mm-hmm. in front of you.
0: Yeah, yeah, De- definitely. It's very inefficient is yeah. what I would say. Well, on that, I'll hit that subject here real quick before I, but I move on. Uh, you know, I've gotten in seven plays of it, and um, you know, a, a few of them have been at two-player, and the only person that has ever taken that spot is uh, my friend Brian. And uh, he's taken it like four times. (laughs) Uh, He's yet to win a game versus me. So um, I don't know if that says anything about it. Uh, Yeah. That is probably my biggest knock on the gameplay Mm -hmm. is I'm not sure where they thought that that was a good idea, especially in two player when going second is not that big of a deal. I mean, you're not that worried about spaces Mm -hmm. being taken and you know maybe in a four-player game you're going last you might be like well i'm gonna sacrifice three dice because this is really hurting me but boy i don't even know if it's worth it at that point so i i'd be fine if they had that as the option of you got to be first player if you did that but then i think the first player should still move clockwise around or something or somehow else because in the original game obviously somebody always traveled. I mean, that was, Mm -hmm. you know, you always did the travel. Where in this, you have, uh, and maybe to to tell everybody what we're talking about, you have three options to travel. You have a single dice, a double dice, and then three dice. Well, I mean, obviously efficiency, and the, the name of that game, that this game is efficiency. How can you more efficiently use your dice than your opponent to get done what you're looking to get done? And, and in this game
1: too for those that don't know when you place you can go to a spot somebody's already gone to but if you go there you place your die on top and whatever value the die is that you place on top you have to pay that in coins and the other thing is that single die spot for travel you have to pay some money to to do that spot as well so that's that's something to take into consideration
0: Sure uh now my overall thoughts on the gameplay now I have played Voyages of Marco Polo a number of times. I mean, it's somewhere probably in the 20 to 30 range at least. And I will say right now, I'm pleasantly happy with this because it does, yes, does it feel like just an expansion? Absolutely. But it feels like a new puzzle. Like I have new thought processes about what to do. Uh, One of the other really big things that they changed was how you get resources. Before, it was just a market where you could go, and let's be honest, the first move everybody always makes is if you had a six as you went and got six camels because yep. it was so important from that market. You don't have that ability to do that anymore. And in fact, I remember the first time I played Richie in this game, um, I said to him, the black dice do not go as fast as they did in the original game. There is right. not a automatic like everybody always gets a black die every turn because you honestly maybe sometimes don't have an opportunity mm. because you can't get camels as easy or you know i mean uh, maybe you get two camels and you only have three is it worth it to waste those three camels that maybe you need for something else to just go get a black die when you don't have the ability to then just go get a bunch more camels so they definitely change that which i like i think that mm. makes it a lot more Interesting um, aspect of it, yeah. And then the new way to get resources in here is there's like only three spots, but then they they change up each yeah. round. Where the bottom part, where as you spoke about, there's the new resource, jade, which jade has a couple of main functions. You need it kind of to help you travel, but it also helps you to get better resources yes, when you a, go a in, lot uh, of resources, r- especially better, in the later yes, rounds. Exactly. Yeah. And is what we'll talk about here in a moment with the the player powers. Uh, But one of the games we had, uh, Chad had this player power that every time he completed a contract, he got a Jade, which enabled him uh, to continue to get those resources. I I got that power one of the times I was playing a two-player game with Brian. And I destroyed him. I mean, I scored, like, the best score I've ever scored in the game because it was just ridiculous. I mean, that player power was unbelievable because that jade is that engine to get you rolling in that game. And so, I mean, just absolutely just just destroyed with that player power. So maybe that's a good spot to take. I mean, you guys... Haven't maybe played, I've, I've gotten to play every single player power now. Did you guys notice, or at least Richie, in the few games you've played, have you noticed anything better or worse? Or?
2: I've gotten to play three player powers. The only time I've played against the one that you're talking about that Chad had was that game. So I I, I haven't seen it win in any others. But, I mean, it, if you have a lot of Jade, then you have access to a lot of resources. Which, if you can't get your hands on Jade, which sometimes you need it, um, it, it can make the game tougher, even though there are more spots to travel uh, and so on. So the player powers that I had were the one where you can skip the oasiss Uh-huh. You still have to pay the the cost, but you get 3 points for every oasis that you skip for every different oasis that you skip within that travel turn. Uh the one where the if if you improve a guild seal, you get a jade, uh plus you only have to place one die at that action space and then the guy who does not have to pay any travel cost, but he can only use the the bottom single spot, single spot yeah. for traveling yeah i mean honestly out of those three because even though the one that you can move around a lot if you're playing with people and you are not first i mean i don't know why you wouldn't always just block them at that spot if they're if he's in the game right just the, make the him get his travel elsewhere the one where you have to
1: move are you talking about the one where you have to move at the one spot
2: yeah where you no, only yeah. get access through the one spot uh, if you are not start player uh, it may be worth it for you to take that early. The big one.
0: Well, you can't. Oh, no, you can't. You that's can't. right. You, you can't get it back. You just can never first take player. first
2: player. Yeah. If you. Yeah. Which is no, like I said,
0: tough. my biggest thing of this game that they screwed that Yeah. First that up. player needs to change. I'm some almost other way. in a in, almost in a home rule type of thing. I think when I play that game from now on,
1: it'd be interesting to check mm-hmm. online and see if anybody has posted about that because it What's just it, in our plays, in our oh. group think, in our meta, it just seemed like such a strong thing to yeah. Yeah. to overcome, but. I, yeah, I, I would say I would say the one thing that helped me with that strategy the last time I had it because I I got pretty far out ahead as well and just kept pumping out contracts was just having like a guild seal. So when you complete some of those guild seals, you can choose to treat it like a contract and flip it over and not only then does it help you travel but you also get income from it. So there's one I think that gives you jade and there's other contracts or spaces that'll give you jade. And so if you get that, then it just like steamrolls. It's I was drowning in oh, jade.
0: Not to mention you get a victory point every time you take a jade. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. That's, so that's, that a, awesome. that's I mean, the first part of it is amazing and then that's just like a bonus right, on top yeah. of it. Yeah. In the games that I've played, there is no doubt to me that one that you get the jade is is by far the best I actually yeah the the travel one where you don't have to pay resources I didn't find to be all that great I thought it'd be better than it was the one where you got to skip oasis's I thought was really good it's not that good at all
2: no I mean unless unless it, it once again it depends on how the map is set out if the map is set out and your goal card aligns with a, a path that is going to give you some other benefits that are that will really work with you then the oasis one is just kind of just a bonus essentially right. for what you were already going to do.
0: Right. Sure. Absolutely. And then uh, the, the other one that I thought was fairly strong was there's one that every time you roll dice, you get to get resources, um, including mm. if you, I mean your initial rolls, And then also if you roll a black, you know, black die, you also get, um, but so like if you roll a one, you can choose to take a camel or if you roll, you know, a two, you can choose to get two bucks and, or if you roll doubles you could choose to get a jade or get a gold or different things like that, and so it just is a resource generating power that you just get continuously. I thought was really really good. Yeah. The worst one is the one where you get two travelers and they have to go and they can go in different. Which
2: places. I mean, that's one of the worst There's, ones in the original. In the original, as well. one also, yeah. Especially in this one, with since now every link has travel costs whereas yes. in the original there were some free uh, pass that were free yep, yeah
0: exactly yeah the other thing gameplay wise that i will say that i have noticed the in game points and there, I, I, let me talk real quick about some in game points for travel you can collect these different guild symbols right they're on the different cities and at the end of the game for every different symbol that you have you're going to add them all up and then you're going to get a certain number of victory points. I don't think those victory points that you get from it, unless you get way up there, is worth it. I mean, it's like you can get like six symbols and it's like 10 points at the end of the game or something. It's, right. it's not all that great. I'm all, I'm, I'm curious on where their, you know, the playtesting was, and I haven't played this game nearly enough to be able to say anything about it, but it seems a little, like I'm almost thinking w- when I now start the game, I don't even care about those different symbols. I'm just after the cities that give mm-hmm. me the best actions that give me the best points. You know, I mean not the best points, right. but the best, best abilities, yeah, yeah, the best bonuses. I don't even care now about trying to rack up those points cuz they're just not worth enough points.
1: I think it's ancillary that the, the the things that you have to consider with that are did you finish a contract which gave you an extra symbol? Or, you know, some of the extra things that add to that, then that makes it worth it where you can bump up to the end of the right side of the track, the, you know, the, what you were talking about, the furthest amount of symbols. And that's when it becomes a little bit more of a
2: factor.
0: Possibly, yeah. But, I mean, that's that's very rare, that at least from the games that I've played, where I've seen anybody get a significant amount of points from that. But
2: So do you still think contracts are king?
0: I think if you can get an engine rolling... I think you will still win with contracts at mm. least. Now, I honestly, you know, I'm not in the belief that the original Voyages of Marco Polo, that it was all just contracts. I mean, I've I've certainly won games where I've, you know, traveled and done contracts. But I would still say th- in both games, I think contracts are still a, you've got to still do a good majority of them if you're going to win the game. I don't think you can completely ever ignore contracts. There's no
2: way I do like that because in the original there was an action space where you would go to get those contracts where now you have to get to a contract city and from there you can take your contracts. So I do like that. So it it is harder to get contracts and there are like three or four different cities that will give those to you. But I think that was a good a good change.
1: I like that a lot. And it dovetails with the mechanism of having action spots in different cities because that's really what you want to look at too you want to look at okay so here's what my goal cards are here is what my character does well here's what the board layout gives me and what i can use to maximize that engine and where i can get to easily and, and use that action spot
0: just speaking of the travel they've also got those new three mega cities i almost want to call them where you get a bonus going there like a city bonus, but you also have a new die spot that, and those three spots are like amazing. Like yeah, one's like you get, get a lot you seven bucks, and, one's yep. get you four camels, and one is uh, get you one of each resource. Plus then, if you have those guild symbols flipped, you also get to ding those gold, uh, those guild symbols, which are either camels or jade or straight up victory points. So yeah, so those, those are really cool.
1: Overall, I would say that the gameplay in this is really more of the same as far as what you what you get in a feeling of the game. and in, in Voyages of Marco Polo, it's just the same as, even if you don't win, you still, in from my point of view, you still really enjoy the play because you're trying to see how well you played that, that character, that character's resources and how efficient you got. Now, it, lots of times in these efficiency Euros, it doesn't feel like there's that much interaction. But I felt like there's a fair amount in this game. So I, I don't have a problem with that. But again there is a satisfaction in feeling like you played your puzzle very well. And I think that's where that sits with this with this gameplay,
2: now I'm curious that in the at the back of the rule book, and I, I just thought this was funny. They said that you can integrate this with the original <laughs> game uh, and the expansion. We don't recommend that, but, but, yeah, but it's
0: but not but recommended. You,
2: but you can do that. Did either one of you try the expansion, the no, original expansion, with this?
0: Okay. No, I'm still just yeah exploring it. So player count wise, do you guys feel you know out of your obviously we haven't had a ton of plays, but do you feel like it plays any better at two, three, or four, or any big differences?
2: I mean, I like it at all player counts you're going to have blocking pieces out there if you're playing at two and three uh, compared to the four but i i've always thought that it scales well no matter what the player count is
1: agreed this is not one that i would complain about you know going too long in the player count if you were to play at four or not getting enough interaction if you were to play at two so i I, i'm happy with all my plays of it at the different counts
0: yeah yeah i totally agree i mean i have no problem at it two. they do some good blocking to make it you know uh enjoyable at two but like you said i mean three and four i don't think it outstays its welcome it's still a solid game you know a little bit different on maybe you know your action spots maybe get a little money is a little more important because obviously you're gonna have to go on top of people a little bit more but yeah to me player count yeah pretty pretty wide open so uh so what about replayability and variability chad what do you feel i would say this game is pretty strong
1: on it in that you have all those different uh, characters to play with and their you know their powers that you're trying to be efficient at, in addition to how much board layout initially affects your gameplay, right? I can't remember, and Clef, you'll have to, have to help me on this, I can't remember if you see all the cards that are in the game in the layout and it's just different, or if there are some cards that don't come out within the game.
0: Uh, Well, the one other thing that's different with this game is there is a new action spot that they put out two city cards, and those city cards change each round. So that's really the only variability that you see um, during the game. Now, obviously, I mean, you know, different cards come out. You know, at the beginning of each game or whatever, and there's quite a big, you know, stack of cards. But yeah, that's probably the only variability in the game is those cards switching out.
1: Perhaps the contracts, because you usually don't go through the whole thing of contracts, I don't think.
0: Oh, sure. But I mean, the contracts are all pretty similar. Usually. Right, I mean, right. There's not a lot of variation there. so. What do you think, Richie?
2: Yeah, I mean, as far as uh, replayability, I think it's it's definitely there. It's the amount, and when I played with Jessica, she, it's been a while since she's played Voyages, the the original, and she's like, there's a lot going on in this board. It is a busy board because there's a lot of spaces. There's a lot, lot mm-hmm. to look at, especially if you have not played the game uh, in a long time. The variable uh, setup of that board, I think that alone puts it in a, a good place.
0: I definitely feel the same way. I mean, I feel like every time there's a new kind of path to victory that I'm Mm -hmm. looking at. I mean, it's a different, as you said, I mean, the board layout really makes a big difference about what am I going to do. There's also the variability, like I said, in the market now. So you have different tiles that come out. Now there's the same five tiles, no, six tiles that you go through. So you're going to see the same ones, but they can come out in different ways, you know, and sometimes uh, that can make a big difference on what your plan is. So I... I perfectly think this is a game that, you know, I can still play many a times replayability and it still gives me enough variability that, uh, you know, that I still enjoy it. By the way, back to Corey's question, Newton. Newton, I do not change my strategy. <laughs> I just destroy when I play it. Never I just I this just is, thought about that very question. True. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> all right, well, I think I think we're pretty good guys. Should we wrap a bow on this sucker and uh, give our give our wonderful rating? I think so. All right, Richie, give us that wonderful Punchboard Paradise rating scale.
2: So Punchboard Paradise we rate on a 6-point scale uh, with a 1 being a game that makes you miserable and a 6 being a game that could possibly be in your top 10 of all time. Chad what do you give Marco Polo to?
1: Well, the only thing that I haven't talked about yet in this review and the only thing that uh, affects my score maybe more than the two of you is actually the price point of this game. So the MSRP on this game is 70 bucks. Uh, I think Miniature Market has it for 55 right now. Mm-hmm. It It is an expansion. We've talked about that. That's a lot to pay for an expansion. Now, uh, there are other games. I think Underwater Cities has an expansion that's about that much or nearly. But you're getting these huge player boards and some a ton of cards and different stuff. And it's you know what you're getting. I feel like this is an expansion. So for me. I haven't purchased the game. I think I eventually will purchase the game, but I'm going to wait for it to go down in price in the hopes that it will because it's just a bit too much for what I feel like is an expansion. That being said, I really like the gameplay. It's more of the same feeling that I get when I play Voyages of Marco Polo, which, as you know, just from our past drafts and talk of the game, it's one of my favorites. I like that game a lot. It's a really great, fun-feeling Euro where I just feel good about making my character as efficient as possible. I'm going to give this a four. The reason it doesn't bump up to higher than that is really just because of the price point. It's It's a low four, but it's still a great game. And I would highly suggest anybody who was dismayed by the strategies in Voyages of Marco Polo to still give this one a look because you might enjoy it quite a bit more and if you already know you love it definitely at least be on the lookout for it and you'll have to decide if that price is for you
0: what about you clef first i mean chad i I see your point on the price however my rebuttal to that is there's a lot of people out there who have never played the voyages of marco polo and they can go and buy a copy of marco polo 2 and it's not an expansion where they have to have the original game so i i understand the price point and quite honestly, to get those better resources. I mean, I would have paid about $90 for that game. Um, <laughs> but I have been, you know, and talking about the big, you know, the big uh, element of the room is obviously, is it worth it to purchase if you already have Marco, the Voyages of Marco Polo? And I would say for me, it depends on how much you've played The Voyages of Marco Polo. If you've only played, and you know, like where Richie said, you know, Jessica hadn't played in a long time, probably didn't feel that much of a different game to her, just a couple of different mechanisms and, you know, whatever. But for someone like me who had played, you know, The Voyages of Marco Polos as many times as I had, this was a refreshing change. I really feel like it changed the game a lot. I felt like there was a lot of new different things that they did well couple of things that they didn't do so well, like with the with the uh, first player uh, marker changing. But I think they did mostly very, very well. And I think they, I think this is well worth it. If you're a big fan of Voyages, I definitely say it's worth it. I think it's worth the $55 price tag. You know, I don't know, maybe not 70 but usually, I mean, you know, most people aren't paying the standard price or whatever. But anyways, I enjoy this game. And this is tough for me because since it is so similar now, Voyages of Marco Polo is, if it's a darn near top 10 game of all time for me, I like it that much. So, if you're going to go off of that, I mean, it's a pretty easy rating for me, right? And as far as, I mean, uh, and I, I hate to uh, put this down on recording, I mean, this is definitely a game that's probably going to be in my top 10 for 2020. Probably. Okay? <laughs>
2: it's
0: a Probably. Good thing that this is, is it the best
2: game you've played so far this year.
0: <laughs> it's a good just, thing no. that it's
1: a co- COVID year and there maybe might not be yeah, a I don't to have to worry in the top 10. It's
0: going on. But, um, but no, I, I, it's, a, it's a very, very solid game. However, I, I, for some reason, and I don't know why, and maybe because it is just kind of the same thing and yet you know just a little bit different, I have a hard time saying a six. So I, I'm really going to say... I'm going to give it a five. And uh, like I said, cause it all depends on where your status is of, of, you know, I mean, like I said, if you only played voyages a couple of times, is it, you know, is it a game I think you must have? I don't think so. But if you've played voyages a lot, you know, the same things I've said. So I'm going to struggle here, but I'm going to say a five, but a solid, solid five. This is a very good game, a very good implementation. And you know, if you want to say it, it's a great expansion and well worth it. And I think they did a great job. And, you know the pieces are bigger, so that's that's a, that's a big plus there. <laughs> All right, Richie finishes off.
2: Well, Voyages of Marco Polo is a top. I think it's been a top three game for me for the past three years. So this is something I, w- I was definitely looking forward to, and I, it didn't disappoint. And I I look at it more like Chad is saying as it's an expansion. Uh, I, I know it's it is a standalone game, and if you do, have never played Voyages of Marco Polo, man, it would be it's tough. On which to tell you to get. For me, and I kind of struggled with this as well, just like Clef on giving it a six, obviously, a top three game the the original top three game for me and this really isn't much different uh the things that keep it from a six just as a standalone game is one the starting player not moving or at least for us it, it has not moved that's a ding against it and with the player powers and this is more just because the original has been expanded and we have more player powers than what was in the original base game the that one player power being as strong as it is it makes it tough to put this at the same six so it's coming in at a five for me as well it's, it's a great game. Check it out if you get the chance. And honestly, just get both and find a big box and just throw them both in there.
0: Well, what if you have a 3D bit space insert for the original Marco Polo? I, I, I can't do that.
2: Well, Ryan, get on top of making a crate Ooh. for Ooh. Marco Polo and Marco Polo 2.
0: Oh, there we go. All right. <laughs> All right. So that was our review of Marco Polo 2. With a four from me. A five
1: from Clef, and a five from Richie.
0: Okay, well, Richie, now it's time. Now it is time to dish out your little, little pain. Punishment. Little punishment. little pain.
2: And just to go over the uh, results for our last draft, which was low rules and high strategy. And... One of us had some questionable picks. And I came in first place <laughs> with 50% of the vote. Clef came in a respectable second place with 36.5% of the votes.
0: Hey, that's not bad. That's not bad, at you all. Had Concordia. Yeah, that's not bad. Very good.
2: Cons- well, I mean, you put your son's name in as one of my games instead of Devon, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no one what? voted for you Whatever. because of Devon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then Chad came in last place with 135 100%.
0: Ooh! i've
2: been thinking about this punishment because the, the last couple of times klussman sneaking in some positive things for <laughs> what, what he has so before i hand out this punishment i i want you to understand chad one what i'm gonna ask for it may not even be 100 true as far as what i want i wanted an apology for a couple of things whoa now one of these things may not be your fault but you're gonna apologize anyways, <laughs> <What the heck? laughs> uh, and and actually, Clef might want in on this apology. This is for you too, buddy. Oh,
0: all right. I'm so,
2: this. but the first one. Which I am going to blame you because Alvin VR thinks I'm an idiot. Because.
1: was Chad's fault. Here we go.
2: You only get one. Uh, you know you only get one. I'm sliding right. in too. I'm pulling the chat here. <laughs> you know, I'm, pull I'm sliding in too.
0: Uh, <laughs> I allow it. Thank you. Oh,
2: so I want you to apologize for that post on social media. Second one, I want you to apologize for the fact that we've been playing 18 Chesapeake online for, it feels, feels like, like, half forever. a year. <laughs> and once again, that may not be your fault, but you're going to apologize for it. Anyways. <laughs> so i would like to hear that apology and make it good all right start
1: your timer okay uh i do want to apologize <laughs> to uh, to you for not teaching the game well enough that you uh would not, would not suffer being embarrassed by Alvin Viard because I posted your train picture and he said, what the heck is that green player doing? <laughs> uh, that was my fault uh, for not coaching you through the game better. And I will take 100% culpability with that. As far as 18 Chesapeake, I'm really sorry that on 18xx Games with Toby Mao, I did not I haven't had him implement a better system for telling
2: you when your turn is hey, up. You're going to take the blame for this. <laughs> I,
0: I'm sorry. I'm
1: really sorry that I did not that I did not uh, force uh, you, force Toby to implement a better strategy no, because I always the, You're take pushing my this turns. off. You're going to take the blame for this. Who who takes their turns faster than I do? Who <laughs> you're, you're pushing this off? This is not how this is going. <laughs> I am telling you, I. I I am not to blame for taking it too slow. I am to blame for not finding a better system with Toby to alert you of your turn.
2: I don't know, Clef, what do you feel about that That second half? Of the first uh,
0: half of the apology? First, first half was a very good apology, yes. If you want an <laughs> apology from me
1: for getting you involved in 18 Chesapeake Online, then I will take 100% uh, we, culpability. For we, it. Okay, I'll take that. We
0: started that game before, before we did we review. Before we even did a review, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I just want you to know there were a week sometimes in between
0: turns. I, Uh, all right let's go to the end of of the show (laughs) 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 well on that note guys let's go play some uh not 18 chesapeake (laughs) (laughs) folks we
1: will have uh some kind of an episode for you in two weeks it'll probably be a draft but uh i'm sure it will be entertaining And uh, I won't make anybody play any train games in the meantime. (laughs) Punch Bunch, take care of yourselves and each other.
0: All right, everybody. Have a good night.
1: Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, for me, I would say, what would I say? Hold on. What's the question? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This goes at the end of the episode, please. (laughs)